Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode, we are starting Cold Case Files. Yes, yes, calm down, calm down. I know, I know. It's about goddamn time. I know. My bad. So today's episode, to kick it off, to kick off the Cold Case Files, we are doing the Jennings 8 that happened out in Louisiana. I don't know if a lot of people have heard about it. I didn't know anything about it until I looked it up last night. And it is a pretty trippy story. I come to find out there's like this big HBO documentary. There's a book out about it. And it's it's pretty bizarre. But first off, I want to thank everyone for their patience and understanding. Last weekend, uh, no episode was released. My oldest graduated from high school. So all weekend, we did the whole graduation thing. And that was, I mean, that was the reason for for not having an episode. But today's episode. Let's get to it right now. What is the Jennings 8? The Jeff Davis 8, sometimes called the Jennings 8, refers to a series of unsolved murders in Jefferson Davis Parish, Louisiana between 2005 and 2009. The bodies of eight women were found in swamps and canals surrounding Jennings, Louisiana. What's crazy is that this is literally an unsolved murder mystery. No one, no one can figure out who done it, why they did it, what was the or or how. No one, no one can figure out. And well, let me, let me go ahead and read more of the evidence and everything else, so we can we can try to figure this shit out. So, uh, most of the bodies were found in such a state of decomposition as to make the actual cause of death difficult to determine, meaning that these bodies weren't found immediately so they were out there getting weathered uh decaying and but by the time they were discovered and they were they were trying to figure out what exactly happened which was difficult since the bodies had been rotted out and left out for so long that the coroners were unable to quickly and accurately identify the cause of death that's pretty trippy right author and investigative reporter ethan brown has revealed how police investigations have been plagued by missteps in the sheriff's office, contributing to lost or missing evidence. Holy shit, now we might have a a possibility of corrupt police officers here now. Why? I mean, how how, how awesome, not, well, I shouldn't say how awesome, but how trippy would it be that everyone, not a lot of people who want to believe or enjoy murder mysteries and and the thought of corruption... Now they actually have a one of several thousand, I'm pretty sure, of real life crisis or real life corruption that's going on within the police department. How awesome would that be if it found out to be that it was law enforcement that was covering up this entire time and they were involved, if not the, the, the direct aggressors of the eight, the eight victims that are missing? Huh? Are, are you thinking about that? I did. When I was reading all this information, I was thinking about that for sure. Brown's work has revealed that there were multiple suspects in the Jeff Davis 8 case and that, therefore, it is unlikely that this is a serial killer case. Furthermore, Brown has revealed that law enforcement's own witnesses have named members of local law enforcement as suspects in the case. So now, not only do you have a possibility of police tampering and, I mean, just 
pretty much fucking up the whole entire case by law enforcement. Now you have witnesses naming law enforcement members, law enforcement employees as direct suspects in the case. Now, I know it's real difficult for a lot of people who aren't in law enforcement or people, period. I mean, for me, it, it is. I mean, how, how do you know who's telling the truth? Are your own peeps telling the truth, your, your fellow law enforcement brethren and, and sisterin, or are witnesses who might have the, you know, won't want to smear the police just for the fact that they might be criminals themselves, or do they actually have valid reason to accuse the cops of being suspects in the murders? I mean, this again, this is an ongoing case that happened in 2000, between 2005 and 2009. It's been over, what's that, 15 years now, 15, 16 years that this shit's happened and, and it still hasn't been solved. But yet, if you look into, the, if you look into more of the evidence and more of the, of the information, more of the research, there are a lot of things pointing that, the, that law enforcement was are 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 probably the ones who killed these people. So how were they killed and who were the victims? You know, I mean, we're talking about the Dev the, the Jennings Eight, but no one knows. Well, not yet because I haven't revealed it. <laughs> who these people are? So the first victim, Loretta Lewis, who was 28, was found floating in a river by a fisherman on May 20th, 2005. Uh, other victims were Ernestine Marie Daniels P P Patterson, Christine Gary Lopez. Uh, Whitney Dubois, La, let me see, Laconia Muggy Brown, Crystal Benoit Zeno, Crystal Benoit Zeno, and Brittany Gary. The final body was of Nicole Gilroy, 26, was who was found off Interstate 10 in 2009. Now, I, I know, I know, earlier said that this ha might have been. It, they're ruling out that it was a serial killer, but how can you rule out that it was a serial? It wasn't a serial killer if there was. They, all, all the victims were women. They were all within a certain age group, and they were all women. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what 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 their ethnicities were or anything like that, but they were all women. It, for for a lot of you who listen to serial killer documentaries and podcasts and and uh, murder shows and everything, you know that a lot of serial killers have a certain mo and they like to stick to a certain thing. I mean, one of the most famous ones you have Jeffrey Dahmer, who stuck to young boys and. That, that he, you know, he specifically targeted young male, young males, in order to get his jollies off. And then you also have the guy from Washington, the uh, Green River Killer. I can't think of his name. He he targeted women specifically, and I can never remember the goddamn guys they did the whole movie on. And he he was kill. He, he targeted women as well. I can I can never think of the guy's name. But a lot of these people have a specific type and and what is it called uh not not individual but a certain thing they enjoy killing and it, it's one of those it, it's one of those to where did they did they do this on purpose to kind of throw the scent off the trail or was this a legitimate serial killer but a lot of people even even some of the professionals say that it was not done by a serial killer so who killed these women that is the question. Who killed these women? Patterson and Brown had their throats slit. The other bodies were in two advanced stages of decomposition to determine the cause of death. 
though asphyxia is a suspected cause of death. So two women had their, their throat slit and the other six died of, of asphyxia. Now, so they were, they, were, they were strangled or something had caused them to, to stop for breathing. I mean, they were suffocated, you know, lack, for lack of a better term. I mean, they, they, were, they were just, they were just uh, uh, suffocated for, for them to die. I mean, no one, no one knows the exact reason or how because they don't know if other okay so uh, I'm, I'm trying to gather all this in my head that's why i'm kind of stumbling right now however let, 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 me, let me backtrack a little bit so two of them had their throat slit that was clear cut they, <laughs> no pun intended no but that was a really bad pun and i didn't mean <laughs> that was not intended so two of them were had their throat slit the other six since there's eight of them they died of a of a, asphyxia, asphyxia. So they were suffocated, killed, strangled, whatever it was, they, 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 were, they, they ceased to breathe by force. But because their body was so far advanced in, in, uh, in decay that they were un, they, the, the coroners or, or other professionals were unable to, to see if there was any other harm or any other trauma that was done to their body. Now, for those of you who've never been down to the South and... I mean, when I say the South, for those of you who live in the United States, the South is a pretty, it's a very gorgeous, amazing stretch of, of states down by the Gulf of Mexico. However, the deeper South you go, the more hot and humid and, and muggy it becomes. So there's times where down here in, in, in South, South Texas, down in the valley, you have down in the bayou in Louisiana, the swamplands. You have Alabama, Mississippi, Miami. Those are some of the, I mean, you the further south you go, it is, it is humid as fuck. So now, think of all the mold and bacteria that grows on, we'll say we'll leave a sandwich outside and it's, and it's 100% humidity and it's 95 degrees outside. The humidity will rot that goddamn sandwich and mold it up in, within a couple of days. Now, when you're down in the bayou, and not only are you down in the swamplands, you have the humidity, you have regular critters, you have a bunch of other stuff helping the decay process to occur. And when for the bodies to be left out, I mean, if a body's discovered in within a few days, I'm pretty sure that it's still intact enough for law enforcement and coroners to find out exactly what happened to the individual. However, if the, the, the longer the body's left out in the, in the humidity and in the heat, the the quicker it's going to decay and the worse it's going to be and, and more or more difficult for for the professionals to find out what other trauma has occurred so in this case a lot of the victims if not all eight victims were were rotted so bad that they were that the coroners and medical professionals were unable to determine any other trauma towards the body now, could this have been done by someone who knows the area? Sure, of course, 100%. You know, like a good old uh, Swampwoods bo uh, boy back in the bayou? Yeah, 100%, that could have been done. Could it have been done by law enforcement who knows the area? 100%, no doubt. With, there's no reason not to think that. But what side are you leaning on? Did the law enforcement do this? Did, did some random killer did it? Or did what, was it a group effort to kill all eight individuals in order for them to, uh, to, to, to get revenge or to shut them up. Now, there's a saying that a lot of people might not know or might know. I don't know. It depends on, on uh, what, what, you know, how, how you, 
you uh, listen to what people say, but there's this thing that's called snitches get stitches. So if in, in the criminal underworld or in the hood or, or in, in, the, in the thug life or whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? If you snitch, you're going to get your ass beat and or if not, you're going to be killed dead right on the spot. I mean, you're going to wake up dead because you were a snitch. Now, could this be a gang involvement? Could this be some sort of bad drug deal? Of course it can. None, none that, and that's the crazy thing is that none of it is ruled out. But yet they can't solve the crime. They, they can't figure the case out. Now, this author, this reporter, Mr. Brown, I think is his name, he exposed that there was tons and tons and, and several mishandlings by law enforcement in the parish area. Huh. Cops, corrupt cops. There's no way. There's no way. So let's keep going. Brown's investigative work reveals many tangled connections between victims, suspects, and the police. Most of the victims knew each other very well. Holy shit. Some were related by blood, such as cousins Christine Gary Lopez and Brittany Gary, or lived together. Gary lived with Crystal Benoit shortly before her death. Holy shit, now the web is starting to become more and more entangled. Now you're starting to have relatives and people, and the victims knew each other. If one, if, if, if there's a group of people who, okay, 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 so let, let me backtrack now. I'm not, I don't know if I mentioned it. But these women were, they had, they had rap sheets. They were involved in a lot of shady things. They were, they were all uh, drug addicts. They were sex workers. They weren't, they weren't, you know, uh, follow the line, you know, the straight and narrow. They had their issues just like a lot of people do. Now, their, their, what their lifestyle was, does, does that give them a reason to be, to get killed? No, but it also puts them in a predicament to, for, for that to, to happen like the risk it becomes it increases the risk to end up dead when you're in the underworld now having said that a lot of the victims knew each other whether it be rather it be relatives or or just in the drug community period so now when if you kill one does that mean that you have to kill the rest so the one person doesn't know who did it so now you have to kill pretty much the entire source all eight victims knew each other one way or the other. And my theory or my thinking is that if that was the case, then yeah, they're, they're going to get rid of every single source and, and every single way possible to link any wrongdoing to maybe, maybe law enforcement. I'm not saying that it's law enforcement, but I'm also not saying that it's law enforcement. So this is, this is the point right here where you, where you pull out your magnifying glass, you get your Sherlock Holmes hat and cloak, and you start writing down notes like you're trying to win the game of Clue. You know what I mean? Now, how many people will it take to keep a story hushed? I don't know. It could be hundreds. It could be thousands. It could be a few. It could be an entire underworld organization. Maybe, maybe there's someone out there who knows who actually did it but don't want to say it because they don't want their family dead or anybody else that they know dead. It makes sense, right? Right. The victims also shared in common traits such as poverty, mental illness, and histories of drug abuse and sex work. Weird, I just said that. <laughs> and I didn't even read my notes. I should read my notes before I say shit. <laughs> the women all also served as informants for police about the local drug trade and often provided police information about other Jeff Davis 8 victims before their own deaths. Hold the fuck on. Wait a minute. The women 
all also served as informants for the police about the local drug trade. And they also snitched each other out before their own deaths. See, now, now that, 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 that makes me scratch my head even more now is because how are you going to snitch on someone you know, but then you're going to end up dead yourself? What kind of shit was going on down there? Now, on, on the side notes, there was also saying that there was a huge drug ring going around there, and a lot of different people were involved, and a lot of the of police officers were trying to, trying to close it. Okay, and just like a lot of people, I mean, a lot of places that have that are that are small communities want it in the drug trade because I mean, when you have a, a community, I mean, a population of ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, the, the the plague of drugs can get out of a hand really fast. It just goes out like wildfire, and the last thing you want is to have that shit affect you know your 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 community. I mean, nobody wants drugs infested in, in their community, but. All these victims ratted out each other and then dined and then shared information about the drug trade that was going on, but then they ended up dead? Huh. See, that, that's why I can't be a detective because I'll, I'll be stuck on a case for like 10 years and trying to figure that shit out. <laughs> Kristen Lopez, one of the victims, was present when police shot and killed a drug dealer named Leonard Crockett. Oh, okay. So in 2005, along with several individuals connected to the Jess Davis 8 case, including Alvin Bootsy Lewis, who fathered a child with victim Whitney Dubois, and is also the brother-in-law of the first victim, Loretta Chasem Lewis. What the hell? Kristen Lopez, one of the victims, was present when police shot and killed a drug dealer named Leonard Crockett in 2005, along with several individuals connected to the Jeff Davis 8 case including Elvin Bootsy Lewis, who fathered a child with victim Whitney Dubois in, and is also the brother-in-law of the first victim, Loretta Chazen Lewis. I know it's a small community and a lot of people are going to be involved, but this is starting to get... So somebody was shot. So, so one of the victims were present when they got shot. Now, I don't know who shot this person yet. I, I try to find it, but there is so much information and then there's not information and then there's shit about the movie and, and all this other crap that you, you can't figure out what is the real, the real shit and what's not the real shit. So someone shot this dude and one of the victims, which was Chris, Kristen Lopez, she was, in, she was there present when, when dude got shot. Bam, he's dead. But the circle is so familiar with each other that there was a lot of people who were involved with each other and then one even fathered the child of the brother-in-law of the first victim or who's the brother-in-law of the first victim or yeah, the first victim Loretta Chasem Lewis but cops can't figure out who killed them when when every single person know each other see for a lot of people who 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 aren't deep into the drug community when you're deep and heavy into using and you're in the underworld and you find a little town a little area you start to know things without wanting to know things. People tell you things. You hear things. You see things. It's just part of the life and the, and the experiences you get being in that type of lifestyle. Now, is there a chance that all eight victims knew something that, that somebody, police or someone else, didn't want anyone else to figure out, so they ended up killing him, killing them? 100% most definitely. That, that's without a doubt. But what is the information that these that that is so valuable or so damning 
that eight people who all knew each other, hung out with each other, ran with each other, used with each other, ended up dead within a four-year span. See, that's the question. That's the question that nobody knows other than who did it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that, uh, that uh, Biggie song, Who Shot You? Although, no, wait, nobody, nobody got shot. These two got their throats lit, and then the other six were suffocated. Never mind. That, 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 we'll, we'll cancel that one out. Don't, don't worry about that. A grand jury investigated the shooting and determined there was no probable cause for a charge of negligent homicide against police, even though a Louisiana state police investigation into the Crockett shooting concluded that he was unarmed when he was shot to death by law enforcement. So this is like a regular old school Southern crime movie, a show where Everyone who is involved in the justice system in that small county or that small city town of parish might be working together. So if there's an unarmed individual and the police department or a law enforcement officer shoots him to death but wasn't charged with negligent homicide because the judge ruled or just pretty much the judge said so. However, there's other evidence by the state investigating party or the the state troopers in, in this in this matter they determined that it was a wrongful shooting but the police officer who shot the individual which i believe is we're talking about mr lopez uh, let me see drug deal oh no sorry leonard crockett was the individual who was shot and apparently was unarmed stating that that was the investigation done by the state by the state agencies state troopers for for louisiana now the judge in that city deemed that the cop was it was a it was a, a rightful shooting that it was it was a good shooting. However, you have state evidence or state investigation proving that it, it was not a justified shooting. Damn! Now that you know, I'm not really big and I know there's I know corruption exists. I know that everyone knows that everyone knows that corruption exists. For those of you who don't think corruption ex- exists, pull your head out of your your uh, your ostrich your ostrich hole and look at reality corruption if you're human and you're able you're able to be swayed or somebody holds something against you blackmailing or whatever it is there is going to be corruption involved in, in in high areas that you don't want it to be involved in i mean it's just proven facts just proven that corruption exists in the areas that none of us wanted to exist but back to the story so now you have this tight-knit little town of parish louisiana and now it seems like the judge, the justice system, the judge is, is working with the law enforcement agencies. I mean, he just shot it. I mean, I'm not saying he was innocent, but he shot an unarmed individual and got away with it. Although there was a report saying that it was an unjustified shooting and homeboy should be prosecuted. Huh. Now, now when I mean homeboy, I mean, the, I mean the cop, not, not, the, not the drug dealer, Mr. Crockett, who got, who got shot. That's crazy. However, witnesses told investigators that investigators they believe the police had killed many of the victims because of what they knew about the shooting of leonard crockett so now you have victims i mean now you have witnesses saying that these eight individuals who were all present or not not all of them but some of them were present when when crockett was was gunned down unarmed by by law enforcement so now you again, like I mentioned earlier, when you're in a tight knit group like that, rumors start flying around and people start talking about shit, and and pretty soon it starts going out of hand. And in order for them 
I mean, so in this case, we're assuming because the witnesses said that these eight individuals were killed because of their knowledge, because of the knowledge they had of the the Crockett murder by by the hands of, of law enforcement. So what we're what we're assuming is that law enforcement at this point said, "Look, we can't let this shit get out of hand. It's going to ruin our our reputation. It's going to ruin our careers." We need to stop this right now. And so in the span of eight of nine years, they took out the individuals who were closely and intimately involved with, 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 with uh, one of the victims. So Crockett knew was there. So Lopez, Kristen Lopez was there present when Crockett got shot. Kristen Lopez knew so many people in that little, within the eight people that she, of course, is going to start talking like, yo, I just saw this happen. It was fucked up. It was wrong. This, th- this should not have gone so maybe the first victim i can't think of the first victim's name now but the first victim who was who was killed maybe she started barking a little louder to one of the informants because i mean all of them were informants remember that all eight individuals or all eight ladies were informants for law enforcement so one of them the first victim might have went back to one of the the law enforcement individuals who who she was dropping dimes for opened her mouth and said yo check it out Kristen, my homegirl, saw that your boy shot Crockett and he wasn't on and he was unarmed. You know that's not right. So we're pro, you know, rumors has it. Now I'm okay. This is all speculation. I wasn't there. I don't know if this is actually a conversation. So this information is solely assumption. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that I know 100 percent without about without a doubt that this is a conversation that happened. I'm just assuming. I'm role playing here. I'm, 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 uh, what is that called? Not freestyling. I'm, uh, I can't think of the damn word where you, uh, improv. I'm improving right now. See, I'm, I'm, I'm doing improv right now. So, so the, the, the first victim told the cops that, yo, Kristen Lopez, you know, that my, my homegirl, she said that she saw your boy shoot down Crockett. And rumor has it, a little birdie tweet, tweet, said, we're going to file charges and we're going to, Bring this murder justice because it was not right and the cop maybe could have told the first victim <laughs> really huh? right yeah yeah you know i i believe she should most definitely make a report as a matter of fact let me know where she's at and i will go get this report myself and then boom the victim is dead. The, the 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 first victim who told the cops that that Kristen was going to start dropping dimes and making waves, and which led to the death of Lopez, which might have led it's just a domino effect. Everyone who was in that circle of 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 informants ended up or winded winded ended up dead because they all knew. Maybe I'm mean, again. This is all this is all speculation. Maybe because they all knew what the inside was with the Crockett murder. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Let's keep reading. God damn it. I don't know. So let, 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 well, now we're going to start the investigation. Now, eight people died in, in Parrish, Louisiana. The cops are, are, are being pressured to figure out who killed who. We need justice. The family members and friends are saying, yo, this, is, this has gone on long enough. Uh, eight people have died, and we haven't gotten any answers. We need answers, and we need it now. So in December 2008, a task force consisting of 14 federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies was forced to solve the killings. That was what the report said. They were forced to solve the killings. Forced. Hmm. 
That's such a that's a strong word for something that never happened, right? From the outset, the task force was searching for a serial killer. However, Brown's recent investigative work exposing connections between victims, suspects, and the police cast doubt on the theory that Jeff that the Jeff Davis eight is the work of a serial killer. Family members of the victim suspect the police are actually responsible for the deaths. Now, not only do you have the community or, or other people who, who might think that, or, or who are saying that the cops killed the, uh, the, these eight individuals, now you're having family members say that the cops were involved in this killing. Why? Now, okay, so a lot of times, I mean, I don't know how a lot of, how many people are, are close with their family, but if you feel that you are nearing the end of your life, maybe you've heard something, maybe someone threw a little hinter here, threw a little fox at you, a little, little pigeon, say, yo, you are greenlit by the cops. When you hang out with certain family members, you might share that information like yo i saw the cops murder my homie and now the cops want to kill me to silence me what do i do now it's it's only natural family members start gossiping and they start talking about other stuff involving the conversation that they had with with such individuals so what i mean i, I know i'm going off on, on on a little rant tangent or anything but you know so you have a family member who's been outcasted because of their, their lifestyle choice. It doesn't matter what it is, drug addict, gangster, uh, stripper, prostitute. It doesn't matter what it is. There's one person or there, there's someone in the family who have been outcasted by the majority of the family because uh, or for whatever choice that they have, they are, they are now the official black sheep of the family. So there, there's always one family member who keeps in contact with the black sheep. And whenever... And the rest of the family who have outcasted the black sheep know that that one family member goes and hangs out and talks to the black sheep. So whenever the black sheep, whenever the individual comes back from hanging out with the black sheep, without fail, and I, this is, I mean, I, if I had a ranch, I'd bet the ranch on it. But 100 times out of 100, the family members who outcasted the black sheep ask how the black sheep is doing, which doesn't make any sense. If you're worried about the black sheep, just go out there and talk to the black sheep themselves. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, why, why ask somebody who, you know, the middleman, cut the middleman out and just go ask for yourself, you know, but what the fan, you know, the, the family members are going to talk when it's regarding one of their family members, whether it be for, for gossip, whether it be for, for the actual well-being of the black sheep's health, the, the family's going to talk. So what if, the eight individuals each told their own family. And when they all died, they, they figured without a doubt that it was the cops who killed the eight individuals. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense to me. You know, that's where I'm at right now. Task Force investigative reports reveal a series of witness interviews in which local law enforcement were implicated in the murders. Statements from two female inmates portrayed suspects working with the sheriff's office to dispose of evidence in the Lopez case. So now someone says that Lopez or, or the Lopez case, which is the Kristen Lopez gal, witnesses were, were, were told that from two female inmates who, who portrayed suspects working with sheriff's office to dispose of evidence. So these, 
the supposedly law enforcement agencies got these made these these uh, two female inmates get rid of evidence to make it more difficult to close the case and link anything back to maybe maybe law enforcement who killed these eight individuals or in this case specifically Kristen Lopez again that's not proven this is this is all just witness accounts from from other inmates and from other individuals who who were who had knowledge and were involved with with what was going on I don't I I, I wish I had the answer saying yo this is 100% that happened or yo, this is not what happened. However, it's an unsolved mystery. That's why it's an unsolved cold case. That's why it doesn't make any sense to me right now. <laughs> but it is kind of, it is kind of fishy though, that, that these inmates, multiple inmates or several inmates have all said the same thing that the, the law enforcement told them that they need to get rid of these evidence in the Lopez murder. Hmm. I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's crazy. However, the sergeant who took the statements was forced out of his job and the allegations were ignored by law enforcement. Ah, the plot thickens even more. Now the, now the craziness happens even more. So the sergeant who reported this saying, yo, these, these inmates right here are saying that, that our homeboys, that law enforcement, told them to get rid of the evidence in order for them, in, in order for them to, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm guessing so they can have a peaceful life a lighter sentence or, or whatever the case is, they were told to get rid of the evidence and, and cooperate with, with law enforcement. So the sergeant who took this information was forced out of his job for doing his job. Does that sound fishy? Yeah, that sounds really fishy. How many people, why, why, why would you get rid, why would you get forced out of your job for doing your job? It doesn't make any sense unless you're reporting to the individuals who are involved in the coup or who are involved in the plot, who are involved in the corruption. And then, and only then, will you be forced out of your job for doing your, for doing your job. I don't, it's bizarre that, that that's, an, that's an actual real thing. You started doing your job normally, but then now you're, you're forced out of your job because... I'm just making my head making my head into a pretzel, you know what I mean? How do you? And then and then the the, the reports that were saying that the, that law enforcement told these two inmates to get rid of the evidence, that was blatantly ignored. It just it was one of those things that look it never happened. It's not going to happen. So just we're just going to not don't don't put that down. We're just going to ignore it. So maybe they could have solved the case, but if they would have solved the case right then and there it would have exposed other issues that shouldn't be exposed in the small town of Parrish, Louisiana. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Sheriff's Office Chief Criminal Investigator Warren Gary was also accused of purchasing a truck suspected of having been used to transport a body for the purpose of discarding evidence. Sheriff's Office Chief Criminal Investigator Warren Gary is suspected of having bought a truck to transport a dead body to get rid of evidence. I don't know what or how things roll down in Louisiana. Louisiana is a gorgeous state, by the way. Gorgeous. I drove by there going through to Alabama. It's a gorgeous state. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Except after hurricane. Everything is fucked up in hurricane season down in Louisiana. 
in multiple states, I don't care what state you are in the United States, tampering with evidence and moving a goddamn body is punishable by law, right? Right. I mean, that's what I would think, unless you are the law enforcement running the law or you are the individual who helps enforce the law. But I mean, if somebody has been accused and caught with tampering of evidence, that's kind of black and white, right? I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's what I would think. It, it, it's pretty much open and shut where, yo, you did it. We can't get around this. But he did. And it doesn't say how. It, does, it doesn't say how he was, he, he was not charged or, or arrested for, for tampering with evidence. And it's not even, it's not even tampering. He was discarded. He just threw the fucking evidence away, period. He didn't even, he didn't even try to tamper it and try to get rid of one or two things. No, he, he threw the whole goddamn thing away to, and it would just never seen before. And, and Sheriff Criminal Officer, he, he's the chief investigator, the, the chief criminal investigator of the case. And he discarded evidence, but yet nothing was blamed towards law enforcement. They just kind of, eh, whatever. In 2009, the sheriff ordered that every investigator working the Jeff Davis 8 case be swabbed for DNA in response to the accusations against investigators. However, the office refuses to comment on the results of the DNA test. Now, one or two things happen, okay? If you're forced to do something, in this case, the, the, uh, in the uh, sheriff's office, the sheriff ordered that the the investigators, uh, let me see here. Yeah, yeah the sheriff ordered out the investigators working the case to be DNA swabbed because of the of the accusation of, of, of uh, involvement in the case and evidence tampering. Well, in this case, I'm discarding evidence, period. One or two things happened with that request. Number one, they, were, they found something that matched to the cases or to the victims and to hide that they just they just didn't reveal it or they just didn't do it because for fear that one of their boys were going to be linked to the victims those are the only two things that happened i mean one 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 somebody somebody uh, matched the dna that was that was involved with the victims and number two they didn't get the dna swab because they were worried that their dna was going to match with one of the victims those are the, the only two things that could have happened and that's why the off uh, the investigator's office refuses to comment on the results of the DNA swaps because one or the, one or one of the two things happened. The victim, one of the one of the the people on in the on the investigative team matches the DNA for tampering evidence, and number two, they didn't swab because they knew that they were going to come out dirty. They were going to match once the, the the DNA that's that that were involved with, with evidence tampering or with one of the victims. It's not. It's not rocket science. I mean, I'm. I'm not a learned man. I mean, I, I have a. I have a GED, the AKA good enough diploma. But it doesn't take a genius to know that there's some shady shit going on right now. Now, what kind of shady shit is what is being covered up and what people don't don't understand? Okay, just for the record, hold on, pause right now. Stop. Uh, hey, Mr. FBI, CIA. NSA agents who are listening to to the podcast right now. I'm only doing this because it's interesting and I'm trying to make, make it interesting. So I have no involvement. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just reading of the, of the statements and reports that have been provided to the public. Okay. All right. Now that I said that, back to the show. <laughs> what, I mean, 
in Parish, Louisiana, who's who's hiding what? Are law enforcement are victims? I mean, the, are the is the underworld who who is involved and why is involved and why why wasn't the results for the DNA uh, for the swab test for the DNA swabs re, uh, revealed? I'll tell you why. It was dirty. Someone someone matched up and or they were worried about being matched up. That that's that's the bottom line. No one way around it. That's the bottom line. Police have arrested or issued warrants for the arrest of four people in connection with the case. Two people were held on murder charges for months, for several months before being released due to issues with evidence. So here, here's where some morality kicks in, I'm guessing. I don't know if it's 100% sure if it's morality. But a few individuals were arrested for murder charges. However, they were released because of issues with evidence. So in that, in, in my eyes, was that they try to pin the evidence on these individuals to get the heat off of who actually did it, but it wouldn't stick, so they just fucked it up and let these guys go, so no harm, no foul. And that's my guess. I could be 100% wrong, or I could be 100% right. However, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of suspicious when you have... You, you, you have the suspects or supposedly, you know, you, you have possible suspects in custody, but nothing is done because the evidence was fucked up. It, it, I mean, again, it, it, it's not, it's not hard to see that, that whatever they try to pin on these guys wasn't enough or wasn't a strong enough case. So they abandoned that law enforcement abandoned that that issue and just pretty just pretty much said yo no dice gino we gotta let him go frankie richard a like a local strip club owner and suspected drug dealer admitted to being a crack addict and to having sex with most of the victims that's not i mean that that's not suspicious a lot of people again a lot of people in the drug world in the sex trafficking world the sex worker world in in that in that type of of lifestyle in the underworld they again a lot of people sleep around with a lot of people it's not uncommon drugs are involved you want you oh you need a fix male or female male needs a fix he's gonna do something to get that fix a female wants something to get a fix she's gonna do something to get her fix it's not uncommon so i don't know why they threw frankie richard in here for the local strip club owner suspected of 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 uh of, or uh admitting to having sex with most of the victims. Okay, it, it happens. They're, they're, all, they're all involved one, or, one way or the other. He was, oh, here we go. He was among the last seen with one of the victims. Kristen G. Lopez, law enforcement's old witnesses have connected Richard to the sheriff's office. So now, you own a strip club. Who frequents the strip club? Maybe, maybe the, the law enforcement are, are doing a lot of things deeper than just doing, giving a lap dance. However, witnesses and people who, who you know, little pigeons, little twer twerps, beep, 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 little birdies, have said that that homeboy Frankie Richard is involved and connected with the sheriff's office. How and why? So now there might be some sort of dirt going around that involves a strip club. Now, for for a lot of times, uh, I don't know if, if anybody has, has has followed things like this, but a while back in the 80s, 90s, I, I think it was the 90s, maybe early 2000s, 
there was a few strip clubs that were busted for running a prostitution ring. Oh, I know, I know, shocking, shocking, shocking. But the owner of the strip club forced these women into, into being prostitutes to make more money. I mean, that's the bottom line. There, there was no other way around it. And this strip club might be one of those strip clubs where law enforcement frequented, frequented the, the facility but got more for their money than just a lap dance and, and non-alcoholic drinks, you know? So if Richard was involved and he was able to get close to, to the victims, was he hired to do the hit? Was it, was it, was it a green light by the cops? Huh. Two, the two female inmates who stated the sheriff's office disposed of evidence in the Lopez case alleged that the evidence was discarded at the request of Richard. So now Richard is calling the shot with cops. Oh, then he must have a lot of dirt on them in order for him to call shots to the cops. I mean, when someone says, hey, I need you to get rid of this and, and law enforcement does it, oh, you know for a fact that this dude, the strip club owner, uh, Richard, had, uh, yeah, Frankie Richard had evidence and had dirt on the cops. There's no way around it. When I mean, you have two female the inmates are the, the females are already in prison. They're already in jail. What what more do they have to lose? There's nothing more for them to lose. So why not tell the truth? That I mean that 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 doesn't make any sense to me. It just if if they're in there, the chances are they're telling the truth. I mean, I'm pretty sure they they're lying, manipulative. Inmates do that to try to get ahead. I understand that, but I don't know. This is some pretty damning shit not to believe. You know what I mean? Huh. Byron Chad Jones and Lawrence Nixon. A cousin of the fifth victim, Laconia Brown, were briefly charged with second-degree murder in the Ernestine Patterson case. However, the sheriff's office did not test the alleged crime scene until 15 months after Patterson's murder and found it failed to demonstrate the presence of blood. Who the fuck waits 15 months to test a crime scene? I'm not... Again, I'm not law enforcement, and for whoever, if, if there's any law enforcement people who listen to the show, email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, not gmail, it's at mail.com. 15 months in my, in my eyes seems a little too long to investigate or to test a crime scene. Am I right or am I wrong? I don't know. Again, I'm not a cop. I'm not a detective, so I don't know how things work. In, in my eyes or my uh, non-professional opinion. I would think that you would want to test the crime scene as soon as possible in order to preserve evidence and to get the best evidence, untampered, undisturbed evidence that you can, right? Right. I mean, that, at least that, again, that's what I would think. I don't know how accurate that is, but if there's law enforcement that listens to the pod or lawyers or anything like that, email me, graveyardgrumbler, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. I'm curious. Although, I mean, I kind of know the answer, but I just want, you know, I just want that person who's, who's, who's behind the walls, behind the scenes to actually confirm that with me. But 15 months to test it? Man, that doesn't make any sense. The maggots and the, and the bugs and everything have fucked all that up by the time they go and test it. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. At least a half dozen women told authorities that deputies raped and trafficked them to male inmates inside, inside a long trouble jail in southwestern Louisiana, also known as the parish town that we're talking about. So you have 
at least a half dozen women saying that they were trafficked and forced into prostitution by inmates. What if this was a whole revolving ring involving Richard Lopez, or sorry, Frankie Richard, the strip club owner, and the inmates and, and the, the CEOs and law enforcement were all involved. It was just one revolving door of sex trafficking and prostitution. And once, once one of the homies got shot, I think it was that guy Crockett, the drug dealer, maybe Lopez, one of the Kristen Lopez gal, maybe she had enough and said, yo, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to tell. And in order for them to protect their reputation and not lose their career and go to prison for the rest of their life, they decided to end everything. So when you kill, when, when you kill a, 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 several people, in this case, eight people, when you kill eight people, that is a clear enough message saying, don't fuck with me or you're going to end up dead. That is, that, that is the end result. So when you kill eight people, the rest of the community receives that message loud and clear and in, in return, they don't want to open their mouths. That's how so many, so many crimes go unsolved is because the, the witnesses and the people in the community don't want to open up and, and, and get fucked up because they, they did the right thing. And it's sad. I mean, it's intimidation to the fullest, no doubt. But now you have women in prison saying that they were forced into prostitution by the, by the COs. And Frankie Richard, who owns a strip club and knows and, and is involved in the drug community, in the drug underworld, and is allegedly in bed with law enforcement agencies, with, with law enforcement, with the, with the local uh, law enforcement agencies there in Parish. It kind of makes sense for them to, to kill everybody. Am I right? Or am, or am I reaching? Am, am I reaching or am I not? I don't know. Jesus Christ. See, this is why I don't do cold case files. It makes my head hurt because I start thinking about a bunch of different shit that makes sense, that doesn't make sense, and I still end up with not being able to solve the case. Boy, I tell you. However, it makes, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You have a sex trafficking ring in in uh, in prison or in jail, wherever, you know, I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was, uh, let me see here. Oh no! It just says in jail. So in, in jail, and then you have someone who's involved with with a with a stripping club, a strip club, who knows law enforcement. It, it's one big circle, maybe that everyone is patting each other on their back, or in this case, giving each other the friendly reach around, and saying, "Hey, you don't say anything, I won't say anything, and we will call it good." I mean, it makes sense. It's it's not thin. It's it, it's pretty it's pretty fucking there. And then you have you, who do you have investigating? what's going on in the underworld, you have your own people investigating it. And so makes it easier for them to cover it all up. Boy, I tell you the record, the records after a harrowing account of sexual assault being traded as currency in a, in a contraband ring that persuaded that, Oh, I'm sorry, that pervaded the Jefferson David Parish jail. Three deputies were charged in the 2002 corruption case. One of them remains a small down, small town police officer in Louisiana. So records show that a lot of women complained about it, but nothing was done. A lot of people, three deputies were charged in 2002 
in the corruption case, and one of them remains a small town police officer, a small town police officer in Louisiana. How in the fuck can you can you keep becoming a cop, a, a police officer, when you are found guilty of corruption? Doesn't that mean that that you lose your ability to to become to stay a law enforcement agency or law enforcement officer? So he just was relocated and sent to another town, uh, pretty much. Jesus Christmas Christ. Graveyard Grumbler's final rap on my first cold case episode. It was a doozy. I had no idea what was going on left or right. Now, just again, I'm going to I'm going to remind you that this case remains unsolved. It is an unsolved murder mystery with eight people who died from 2005 to 2009. Accusations of law enforcement is heavily within the community stating that they 100% believe law enforcement was responsible for all eight murders. So we have, we have corrupted cops tampering with evidence. We have CO officers who ran a sex trafficking ring within, inside a jail. Now, I don't know how it goes for a lot of, the, a lot of states, especially down in Louisiana. I'm not, I'm not familiar with it, but a lot of the correctional, uh, correctional officers are regular beat patrol sheriffs where they, they have to do their rounds or rotation, you know, like in, uh, I believe in, in Kern County, you have to do so many months of being a, a sheriff jury officer. Then you move over to being a correctional officer. You, you do so many months in each rotation before you hit the, before you go on patrol on street patrol. So I'm assuming maybe possibly that down in Louisiana, in in parish in parish in the city of in the town of Parish that it's it's similar to where the CEOs do the rotation as as sheriffs or do their rotation as a correctional officer before they hit the streets as as sheriff deputies or sheriff deputy street patrol. So you have everyone involved with everyone, and then informants who are dying, and then one of them was a witness to an unjustified murder by a cop on, on a drug dealer who was Mr. Crockett at the time. I can't think of the guy's first name. However, only three people were charged. Two of them lost their job and one was able to become a, a sheriff's officer or sheriff's deputy in another town in Louisiana. I, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's crazy and it's, it's mind boggling and it's, it's really suspicious that how deep is the corruption and how accurate are the witnesses saying that that law enforcement were involved with with everything that went down and unfortunately because it was it's an unsolved mystery it's all murder who knows when or if we're ever going to find the or, clo- or get this this case closed i don't know no one knows now, for those of you who are interested, who wants to look at more into this, there is a bunch of documentaries all over television. I, I know it was on uh, there. You can see it on, on uh, Hulu. Uh, you can see it on HBO, I believe. And just look up, uh, I think it's the Parish's 8, or not the Parish, the Jennings 8, or, or it's something like that. And just Google uh, the Jennings 8, and it'll come up, and you can see it where, where the documentaries are are all available, so. What sucks is that these eight individuals were killed in cold blood, number one. 
it doesn't matter if they were drug addicts or or sex workers, prostitutes. It doesn't matter. The fact was that they were murdered in cold blood. I mean, they were cooperating with with law enforcement to keep themselves out of jail or keep themselves in the, in in the, in the deputies' good graces, and then turn around to be murdered in cold blood. I mean, it, it's bullshit, but that's unfortunate. The life of the underworld. I don't think it was a serial killer. I mean, for only eight people to die in four years, it just doesn't seem serial killer-ish. I'm not saying that the cops were involved, again, like I mentioned earlier, but I'm also saying the cops weren't involved because I don't know. However, evidence pointing, I mean, the, think about it. The, the law enforcement agencies in, in that area fucked up the evidence in more than, in more than once. I mean, several, uh, several opportunities that they had to make things right, they fucked up the evidence. One of the investigators on, on the team bought a truck and was found discarding evidence. They, they moved a fucking body, but nothing came of it. See, when shit like that happens, again, the corruption runs deep in, in places all over the world, don't get me wrong, but when you, when you start seeing evidence to where, damn, that shit might actually be true, you kind of want it to be true just to end it and, have, and get finally a peace of mind to the families who, who, who are suffering with the loss with the loss boy i tell you i i it's crazy it's one of those things that just it, it makes you it makes you think too much about it because you're i mean unless you're this awesome detective or this awesome investigator private investigator there's not much that we can do other than get the word out you know again i, I it's crazy that i'm even saying this but if you have any information <laughs> regarding the jennings eight case feel free to call i believe it's the it's the fbi agency in your in your area i don't have any of the numbers but if you do have information regarding uh, regarding the uh, Jennings 8 murders, please call your local FBI uh, office and let them know that you do have information about this. So other than that, that was a pretty cool, that was a pretty fun one. I, again, I, I knew nothing about the Jennings 8 case. I just looked up cold case files and that popped up. I mean, there was a bunch of other ones, but this one caught my interest. There was eight murders all unsolved and the cops are blamed for it or are being accused of it. Yeah. I, I had to do this one as the first episode. So, uh, other than that, we are going to end the episode. I know, I know it's quick, but it's been an hour. It has been an hour of me grumbling on, <laughs> uh, no new announcements, uh, still working on, on making a better quality version of, of, uh, the spooky stories. I have, the, the one that I released was a teaser. It wasn't the final product, but that was just a teaser. I still have a, bu a bunch of uh, editing to do and mastering so I can make the audio sound amazing, crisp, and enjoyable. Other than that, you have an, an, a wonderful day. And for those of you who have seniors who have graduated or will be graduating, congratulations to your kids. It's a hard issue. It's a hard thing to graduate high school. I know most people say it's not, but eh, I didn't graduate, but not because it was hard, but because I didn't feel like it. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much for, for being understanding with my absence last weekend. We are back on track. And with that, good morning, good day, good night. Goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Yeah, yeah. Graveyard Grumbler Graveyard Podcast. Grumbler.